Hey, theater people, Patrick here. Just a quick reminder before we get to today's episode. Tickets are now on sale for our live summer series. In case you don't know what I'm talking about, we're doing one live show each month from May to August. Leslie Margarita will be our guest for the May show. Lindsay Mendez is with us in June. And Laura Osnes is our guest for July. We're still working on August. The shows will take place at Pearl Studios in Midtown Manhattan and are going to be small and intimate. Our guests will chat with me, then perform a song or two, and then take questions from the audience. They may even stick around afterwards to say hi. We've just released our last batch of tickets, which are only $10, by the way. Our first two batches of tickets sold out in less than a week, so they are going fast and are almost gone. All of the information and the links to buy tickets are up on our website, www.theaterpeople.com. That's theater with an E-R-P-P-L dot com. Click on the Summer Series tab. Okay, now to the show. Yeah. I'm Lynn manuel Miranda. I'm Celia Kina-Bolter. This is Queen Leslie. I'm Robin DeJesus. I'm Erin Davey. Hi, this is Ellen Marie Marsh. I'm LaShawn. I'm Telly Leung. Hi, I'm Eden Espinosa. I'm Laura Osnes. I'm Katie Finnerin. Hi, I'm Tanya Pinkins. I'm Karen Olivo, and you are listening to the Theatre People Podcast. Welcome to the Theatre People Podcast. I'm Patrick Hines, your host. You guys, I sort of don't even know what to say about my level of excitement over booking today's guest, the divine Megan Hilty, for our podcast. You all, our gorgeous listeners, have been asking us to have her since literally the second week the podcast existed. And we wanted her too, theater people, desperately. But, you know, she was a Broadway gal who'd made it big in Hollywood, and it just seemed impossible to reach her. But then one day, about a month ago, I got a text from my handsome friend Mo Brady that said, Hey, if you ever want to have Megan Hilty on your podcast, I'd be happy to ask her. I was like, are you kidding? That Mo Brady, you guys, he knows everybody. Anyway, long story short, a few days later, I got an email from Ivy Lynn herself inviting me to her dressing room for an interview. And then I let out the gay gasp heard around the world. There are a few things you need to know about Megan Hilty in case you ever have the opportunity to interview her. First, she is radiant. As in, she literally glows like a nightlight. Second, she will offer to make you fancy coffee, so know how you take it. And third, when the interview is over, she will have made you so comfortable that you'll think it's appropriate to stick around for two hours and talk about life. It's not appropriate, you guys. She has a show to do. Ugh, she was just as warm and charming and delightful as you all think she is. So here we go, you guys. Here's our conversation. Hi, Megan Hilty. It is so nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you, too. Thank you so much for being on the Theater People podcast. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Thanks you, for having me. Like, I feel like over a year ago, Eden Espinosa was on the podcast, and she was talking about you. And I was like, someday we'll get Megan Hilty on our oh, podcast. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> I love her. She's, God, she, I just. Did she, did she say nice things about me? No. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Horrible things. <laughs> um, hi, welcome to the podcast. Let's get to it. Let's do it. Let, we're talking politics, right? We, yeah, talking, exactly. It's like, it's very political. It's yeah, it's very, very serious. serious, this yeah. podcast. Great. Yeah. Good. I've got my serious face on. Perfect. Um, I should let everybody know before we get, go any further that the first thing you did was offer me cookies and espresso. So now we're sipping espresso in your dressing room. Yes, this is the only way I know how to make friends. I <laughs> lure them in here with caffeine and sugar. Gays, be jealous. This is your dream, <laughs> and I'm living it right now. Um, well, we were talking about how we're both parents, and and I'm I'm so curious about how you're balancing the work life mom parent situation. Uh, it's 
it's insane. It's uh, as you know, it's all about like delegating, you know, Um, (laughs) me and my uh, luckily my husband is the greatest man on the planet and we've just figured out how to balance it together. And with our amazing babysitter, like she's an actress, too. So she all of our schedules are totally they're all over the place. So so we're all adjusting to to help each other. And um, do you guys live in the city? We do. Yeah, we live on the Upper West Side. So we're very close. And um uh, yeah, we're just figuring it out as we go along. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys have, um, are you doing the stroller thing on the subway yet? Yeah, we do have a car too. And oh, so, um, good. so we like to drive, um, uh, just cause I don't know. It, it's, it's really hard, especially in the winter, like to get things up and down. And no one helps you. Nobody no one will ever you. help you. Nobody helps you. And actually I feel like people go out of their way to get in your way and make <laughs> it harder for you. I think yeah. people are annoyed by us in some way. So yeah, I I got on the subway the other day and I had Daisy strapped to my chest and I w- was carrying my podcast bag and I was carrying her diaper bag and it was nine o'clock in the morning and I was literally carrying fifty pounds of stuff on my front and, and a person yeah and, and, a person. and a person and nobody moved no people looked up and looked right back down people at what they were care. doing yeah people don't care yeah. yeah we we live here for other reasons not because people mm-hmm. are the nicest on the subway exactly um should we talk about noises off sure if you want to yeah I'm dying what an amazing <laughs> so when when, th- when this show was announced and it was announced that you were going to be in it I was like with a group of friends and everybody at once was like say tell us she's playing Brooke tell us she's playing Brooke yay oh that's great <laughs> yeah it per- it's just it's perfect we we had Katie Finner in on the show oh a while ago yeah she's the most amazing I never got to see her in the show but I've uh, I know her talent and I can only imagine how genius she was. She was amazing. And you're amazing. And yay, everything. Yay, everything. Um, what, what was it about? So you heard about this production, I think, two years before you ended up like starting rehearsals for it. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I had a meeting with Jeremy Heron, the director. Um, and it was great. We had a great time. I don't even think we talked about the play. Like, um, <laughs> And I, I remember leaving the the meeting thinking, oh, my God, uh, I probably won't get this, but whoever gets to work with him is going to have a great time. <laughs> and I didn't hear anything about it. Uh, I didn't hear anything about it, so I assumed that I wasn't going to be a part of it. But I also didn't hear anything about the show being done. So, um, yeah, so I uh, then a year later, I got a phone call, and they said, if you're not doing anything a year from now, uh, we'd love you to do it. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I, I think it would be hard for people to imagine that you auditioned for things. Oh, yeah. What, really? I th- well, yeah, you're Megan Hilty. I mean, I, I, well, yeah, I audition for things all the time. I, like, even still in the theater world? Um, yeah, yes. Sorry, that's a, that's a line of question that makes it sound like we assume that you think that you don't need to audition, but I think you, we, I think to us you're at a level of, like, famous that that like people just like make projects around you sure let's just keep it that way then. <laughs> let's let people just think that that i'm really f- fancy like that no i auditioned for the and like this this was kind of strange because it wasn't really an audition like like i said i don't even think we talked about the play it was just a meeting you know um where we talked about other things i don't know i don't know <laughs> I, I it was a long time ago so i don't remember uh but yeah I, I audition for things all the time i'm about to start auditioning for a bunch of stuff really yeah, sure can yeah. you tell us anything in particular well, no it's just it's pilot season i 
I haven't heard anything about my pilot yet. So, yeah. you know, I'm an actor, so I assume the worst about everything. I, <laughs> I assume that I'm going to have to dust off my audition dress and, like, start pounding the pavement again um, real soon. Uh, and this show's going to be over, you know, on March 13th. So It's such a quick run. It's so quick. It's crazy. It's such an amazing play that I, I'm always, I'm like, why isn't this done on Broadway every year? Because you can assemble an incredible cast like you guys have. I wanted to talk to you about... Being in the like like the first day of rehearsal with like you and Andrea Martin and Tracy Chimo and Jeremy Shamos who I'm obsessed with and yeah. all these great people. I mean, what was that first table read like? I was I'm obsessed with all of them too, and my obsession only grew like over the the weeks of rehearsal. And I'd watch these people just be incredible in the rehearsal room, and I was like, I I get to work with these people every day. This is insane. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm. It, it, I'm constantly floored by that. Yeah. you. How does doing a comedy like this compare to doing a musical? Because I feel like it's a very physical comedy show. I feel... So So. So tell us. Uh, I, there, well, there's a rhythm to it that, um, that I think... Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I associate that with, with musical... Uh, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I don't. I don't know. Are you an actor who likes to be able to do both? I don't. Yes. Well, in in that, I don't want to separate the two. I don't want to look at them as two completely different things. It's like it's like theater and and film. It's like people choose to make this big deal about you know um, you're either this or you're that, or you right. do this or you do that, and it's like no, we do all of it. Yeah. Um. It's just. This one happens to be slightly different for a variety of reasons. You know, maybe I'm not singing in this one, but I'm still like, I'm still an actress. I'm still working on a character. I'm still doing all the things that I would if it was a musical. I'm just not singing. Yeah. So I'm I'm treating my voice in a slightly different way. Yeah. You know, so I I try not. I just try not to look at it as as that I guess so you don't feel the pressure at, to do musicals so people remember you for your great beautiful voice you just want to do the work yeah I just want to keep working yeah. and I think the the more you can diversify what you do the 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 better this I mean certainly uh gosh I don't know I don't I don't know how to answer that because I, I yeah I just I just don't want to be pigeonholed as somebody who does one thing yeah you know I want to do everything yeah totally I want to ask you an insidery question that people who have seen this production will understand and people who don't might be like what are you talking about but you have this incredible exit that happens <laughs> in it happens in the first act and then we see it again throughout the show and it's this great moment that my friend Robbie was telling me about before I, he's like I'm not going to tell you what it is but it's so <laughs> funny and I'm wondering how do did some do things like that happen just organically for you or is that how how did that moment come to you? Um, well, first of all, I thought that only like five people in the audience would see it because of <laughs> sight lines. You know, yeah. it's, uh, what it is is I um I walk off the set, quote unquote, um, and there's this giant window in the middle of the set, right. um, and that I walk past, and my character. Uh, she drops what she's doing even <laughs> when she's on stage and she's not acting. Um, and so when she leaves the stage, quote unquote, um, and she's crossing in front of that window, she's, you know, not acting anymore. <laughs> so she drops everything, physically everything, you know, and she just, in her natural state, she kind of walks like a truck driver. So, you know, she goes from being this very held and poised person... Uh, 
to walking like a truck driver off stage <laughs> thinking that nobody's looking but everybody's looking how do you um, how do you find your way into a character like this do you how, like what's your process um uh well for this uh for this show I looked at um, Michael Frayne put in a, a fake playbill inside the playbill for uh-huh. for the play within the play, and Brooke Ashton's um, bio is in there, and I read it, and I thought, oh, she's never spoken in anything before. <laughs> you know, she's always been the girl in lingerie over here, the girl right. in lingerie over here. She's someone who's clearly comfortable in, uh, well, wearing very little clothing, yeah. <laughs> and. Um, uh, so I thought, okay, so she's never learned lines before. And I thought about this um, this interview that Will Smith did about um, <laughs> about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I know that's not where you thought it was going. <laughs> um, but if you watch the pilot episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, he's mouthing everybody's lines. Really? Yeah. Um, that clink you just heard was me putting down the glass of espresso that Megan Hilty made for me. <laughs> At Cafe Hilty. Exactly. Um... Uh yeah, so he he's mouthing everybody's lines and he does this interview talking about that saying, "Yeah, I've never I'd never learned lines before that. So I memorized everybody's lines." <laughs> and we've all seen those people. Totally. Uh, and we've worked with those people or we've been those people <laughs> where we we're mouthing along at someone else's lines because we're so into it or, you know, we're just trying really hard and and so I I was like, "Brooke is Will Smith." She is trying really. She's never spoken before, and she's uh, she's in with all of these actors who who have done all of these things, um, you know. And she comes. She's a stripper and a cocktail waitress, yeah. you know, and and trying really hard to be taken seriously. So, um, so she's just trying really, really, really hard at everything. She learned everybody's lines. So she's <laughs> and and to me that kind of explains why she doesn't roll with the punches in in third in the third act. Totally. You know, it it, it goes. A little further than just being dumb or you know because you can't play dumb mm-hmm. but you can pl- play somebody who's trying really really hard and she knows she knows exactly what the show is supposed to be even though she's not listening to what the 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 people are saying in front of her she's just <laughs> waiting till their mouths are done moving so that she can do her next line <laughs> you know what she knows what they're supposed to say right. they may not say it but she knows that once their mouth stops moving she's going to say this next line with this gesture and you know she's the rock of the show. I mean, how do you... You went to Carnegie Mellon, mm-hmm. right? It's an incredible acting school. And it's a conservatory program, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. did, did you focus mostly on musical theater there? Well, the, the reason why I chose CMU was that um, I really liked that they treat their musical theater people as actors first. Okay. We take all the same classes that the actors take. And then it's actually considered a double major because then we take music and dancing and musical uh, theory and stuff on top of that. Um, and so I, that was appealing to me. I was like, I, I, I want to really focus on that first because I think that's the most important thing. All of the other stuff, yeah, um, you know, is fine. But if you don't know how to, yeah. you know, do that as a character, then. It... And so comedy has never intimidated you. No. I think it's incredibly difficult. Yeah. Um, but I think there's, I mean, is there anything better than making people laugh? No. And that's the thing about Noises Off is that you expect when you come to see Noises Off, you're just going to laugh from start to finish. Every moment is going to be hilarious. Yeah. And how wonderful that, you know, in 
this day and age where everything is so crazy around us, you can just check everything at the door and not think about that for two and a half hours and just laugh. Yeah. I wonder if the... It- I'm sure that you as actors all love each other and respect each other very much. And I, and I, I think of different... Um, have you seen Smash? That is not how it happens. <laughs> she made the first Smash reference. <laughs> not me, you guys. Not me. Um, I think about the different hilarious bits in the mo- in the show, like your walk. And I think about Jeremy Shamos with the slipping and the sliding oh God, and the mop. so funny. Is there... Is there any amount of good-natured um, one-upmanship that happens in a rehearsal process for a play like this? I don't know. Not I, competitive necessarily, but just like. I don't think so. I think it really, in the rehearsal process for this, we were just trying to figure out how we were going to physically do it. Like, the, like it, it wasn't, and I certainly didn't know if any of the things that I were doing were going to land. Yeah. I, have, I had no idea. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, we We were so focused on, well, how do we get from, you know, all the way over here to all the way over there. I'm pointing very uh, long distances uh, for, the, for everyone who can't see. Um, how are we going to travel these long distances and do what it says we need to do and in the amount of time that it takes to say these words? Like, how are we going to follow this map? Like, how are we going to totally. do this? Um, and all the extra stuff to make it funny. I don't know. I don't even... I, I don't. I can't explain it. It was... We were just trying to do what was written on the page. <laughs> and it is so successful. You guys have such a brilliant, beautiful, hilarious show. Thank you. Can we go back a little bit? Sure. So I um, I'm mildly obsessed with Seth Rudetsky and uh, we I was watching some stuff that you guys did together yeah. and I wanted I wanted to sort of go back to you your moving to New York. Sure. And if I I don't want to tell the story wrong but when you when you left college, you immediately got cast in the national tour of I was I was actually doing my showcase. It was uh-huh. two months before I graduated, and I uh, we did our showcase. And the, I remember getting a packet of audition material for Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, and I went in for that. I went through the ringer of auditions for that, and the, I was still in college, and so they like they put me through all of this stuff. And know. it was for the national tour. Yeah, it was okay. for the national tour. And um, very long story short. That didn't end up working out. Um, but Bernie Telsey's office, I think they felt sorry for me for how that all went down. <laughs> Will you tell them how, what went down? Because I think that I, I have a, a question. I have a follow-up question. And you don't have to tell the long story. But essentially, they they cast you. And then they cast Anthony Rapp. And they were like, yay, Anthony Rapp's a star. You're not a star. You're fired. Well, yeah. No, that makes them sound really bad. But, <laughs> like, it's just how the business goes. Yeah. You know, I... Um, I they saw me before they even started seeing anybody. You know, I don't think they'd really planned on having auditions yet, but I was in town because of my showcase and so um I went through all of this stuff and and it was great. I had a lot of fun with them and they were like, "Great. Uh we need to start working on a contract." So I I got my first agents because of uh this because I need some needed somebody to work on the contract. And um and they were working on it. I went back to school. I thought I had a job. And um, and then I got a call later saying, 
well, we found our Seymour, and it's Anthony Rapp. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love Anthony Rapp. And um, and they were like, yeah, here's the, the bad thing. Like, you just don't look age-appropriate to okay. play opposite him, which makes total sense. Yeah. I, was, I just graduated from college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, it, it, it makes total sense, and um, and it's just how the business goes. Um, and so I think Telsey's office felt sorry for me. Um, th- they called me in for the Kristen Chenoweth replacement audition for Wicked and um and that was like within the the week and so I came back to New York and I saw the show and I was like what is I nobody can do this after Kristen let alone (laughs) me like I don't understand what I'm doing here yeah um yeah so that that's how all of that so you were I guess my my question is you were able to pick yourself up and dust yourself off that like you know it was really hard like I, I was kid i you know i just graduated from from college you know so when when wicked called and they said um when wicked called like wicked like (laughs) the caller id yeah it's green (laughs) um but when my new agents called and said they they want to put you in the show you know they're figuring out how and i was like yeah i'll hold my breath until that happens you know i was like i i've already you know fallen for that that was your big so did you move to new york with the wicked job yeah Amazing. Yes. How many yeah. auditions did you go through? Uh, the one for Wicked. Just one. I had no idea that I was at like the final, final, final <gasps> callback. I was there with Jennifer Laura Thompson and two other very fancy people that I'm not going to say who they are. When we turn it off, will you tell me? No, I won't. <laughs> uh, no. Sometimes uh, that works. You have yeah, to Yeah, I saw their names on the list. Like I wasn't in the room with them, but I saw their names there and I was like, what am I doing here? I don't understand. Wow. And I walked in the room and there was Joe Mantello, Stephen Schwartz, Wayne Salento, Mark Platt, David Stone, Stephen Remus. Like every. Everyone was there. I had no idea oh my that that's what God. it was going to be. Um, and had I known, I probably would have been too nervous to yeah. do it. Um, but, yeah, I was in there. I did all my stuff. And I was like, I just told myself, because I freaked out so much the night before. They had me see the show to know what I was doing. And they gave me scenes from the show and two songs from the show to do. And um, I just remember, like, after seeing it, I went back to my little hotel room and I was like, what am I going to do tomorrow? I'm, I'm, I'm wasting everybody's time and energy and all this stuff. Like what, what am I going to do? And I was like, well, I'm, there's no way that I'll ever do this as well as Kristen. Like, there's just no way. And I, I can't be as funny as her. I can't be as charming as her. So what, what am I going to do? And I, I just told myself, you know what, if you can make them laugh once in this room tomorrow, you don't have to do what Kristen's doing. You can do Just make them laugh however you can. And then you'll feel like you didn't waste everybody's time so how did it go it went great did they laugh they were all really nice and they laughed and I was like great my job's done you know I'll go back and finish college and figure out where to go from there you know and and then they called you and you got and, and then Wicked <laughs> called and then uh, I was like it hey Wicked your phone oh didn't you know you could do that oh my god <laughs> yeah um yeah, it was it, it was absolutely insane so your chronology with Wicked you were cast as the standby for the replacement right yes <clears throat> um so Jennifer Laura Thompson took over for Kristen Chenoweth and I was Jennifer's standby and then I took over for Jennifer. Yeah. Yeah. And then you did the national tour. Is that correct? I did for a second. Me and Shoshana Bean. They were. Right. Wicked was so lovely to um, 
to offer me and Shoshana the national tour when it went through our hometowns uh, of Portland and Seattle. And then we did Toronto after that. Did they do that on purpose? Yeah. It, because it yeah. was your hometown? Yeah. That's why I'm saying they're so lovely uh, to do that. That was really, really nice of them. And then I went out to L.A. for two years there. Yes. And, so. and were you with it for two years mm-hmm. in the L.A. sit-down production? Yeah. So I ultimately I was in Wicked for about four and a half years. Unreal. Yeah. So just a couple questions. Mm-hmm. What do you... What like looking back on that time? What like what did that sh- what did that show? What did you take away from doing four years of that show? That that show was everything. I mean, I I owe my entire career to that show specifically, and Craig Burns and Bernie Telsey for for opening that door for me. Because um, I learned so much uh, doing that show every night, and. Um, especially from the ladies that I played opposite of. I did it with 17 alphabets. 17? Yeah. Um, understudies, standbys. Wow. You know, like, I I sat down one day. Clearly, I had some time on my hands. And Coming up on Theater People, <laughs> Megan Hilke tells us the best alphabet. <laughs> it is. No. <laughs> and then the worst was. No, I'm so joking. They were all amazing. Uh, and, uh... Yeah, I, I learned a lot from the show, from the role, from doing it every day for yeah. for that long, and and not, uh, and not losing your know, mind. Not losing my mind. No, well, I mean, I did lose my mind a little. <laughs> Everybody loses their mind a little bit. Let's be honest. Um, and yeah, I and and it gave me this platform. I was in Los Angeles, and it right. it opened the doors for me. To go and do television, something I never thought that I'd ever do ever. Um, can you imagine, guys? Can, just Megan, just just a second, guys. Can you imagine Megan Hilty not going and doing television? I cannot imagine a world in which Megan Hilty does not go and do Smash. I was such a snob about Los Angeles um, before I went out there. I was like, I hate LA. There, <laughs> yeah. everybody's fake. You know, all of the stupid shit mm-hmm. that everybody. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. We, no, we, please. We yeah, yeah, yeah. All the stupid shit that people says say about LA that don't know anything. New about Yorkers LA. especially. Yeah, it's yeah. so crazy. <clears throat> um, I was like, as soon as I'm done, I'm going right back to New York to <laughs> to where real actors do real. What are what was I talking about? I'm such an idiot. Um, and. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I just I fell in love with Los Angeles. I le- fell in love with the people out there, and um, and once I started doing television and stuff out there. Well, first of all, I I started to think about what I wanted my career to look like, and yeah. I started thinking about all of the people's careers that I wanted to emulate. And I was like, there is a there is a pattern here. None of them just stick to one thing. Right. They all diversify what they do, um, and it just helps. In so many ways, your theater habit, you know? Right, yeah. Um, I made this joke after 9 to 5 closed abruptly that <laughs> I was like, I'm going back to L.A. and I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to do television so that I can, so I can afford support to my, do theater. Yeah. I can afford to do theater and they'll, I'll, I'll be able to do the roles that I want to do, mm-hmm. you know? It's it's just the business. Yeah. I'm not crying about it or anything. I was like, I could sit around here and I could cry about all these workshops that I do and then I get replaced by a TV or movie star or pop star or whatever. Or I could just go... And become that. And become what they're hiring. Yeah, totally. You know, um, I hope that doesn't make me sound shitty. No, but my I God, just... no. People, I, I, you know, we have a diverse kind of people who listen to this podcast and I think a lot of the people who are listening to this want your career, you know, and I think that like any any pieces of advice that you can give, I think the listeners will be so happy to hear. Well, also, uh, I'm 
sorry to to say this too, but it's hard to support yourself doing just yeah, theater totally. too. Like you have to get into voiceover work. You have to do concerts. You have to do television. You have to do commercials. You have to do everything um, to be able to support yourself. And especially if you want to have a family, right? you know, like we're people too. Like we're allowed to have families. That, right, should, that right. should be a luxury. Yeah. Can we talk a little about nine to five? Yeah, of course. Just chatter. You're just a step on the boss man's ladder, but you got dreams you'll never take away. You're in the same boat with a lot of your friends Waiting for the day your ship will come in The tide's gonna turn and it's all gonna roll Go away, nine to five As long as we're together, you know You and I can make it through whatever They can't keep us down We'll just rise above it You hold on to me We'll tell them where to shut So you were workshopping nine to five while you were doing Wicked. Is that right? Yeah. And I read what I thought was the most charming and truthful thing, which was that, so you were, you were playing the uh, Dolly Parton role, yeah. right? And you were, you never really auditioned. They sort of asked you to start with the workshops. With workshops. Yeah. 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 And, and Dolly was writing the music mm-hmm. and people kept like asking you at a certain point, if you like, what did you ask Dolly? What did Dolly tell you? Like, what, what was your, what was, what did you want to know? And it just never, it seems if I'm reading it right, that it never really occurred to you that you should ask her for advice. No. Isn't that awful? I feel like that's kind of awful. I don't though. think so. I thought I took that as like you were just so confident in what you were doing but also that oh god no 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 I was the most insecure like you know but she was so supportive like she was so I I don't know she was just uh, I I felt like I felt like because she was so wonderful that I couldn't be too far off yeah you know um I don't know yeah and did you enjoy the did you enjoy working on the show with her, knowing that her role was so iconic? Was did it you was feel terrifying? Yeah, it was terrifying. Just a backwoods Barbie, too much makeup, too much hair. Don't be fooled by thinking that the boots are not on there. Don't let these false eyelashes lead you to. But now, looking back on my my little career, that's all I do. I just take I just t- take jobs that other people have made <laughs> iconic, really. Like other people have like, and I'm crazy enough to take them on and try to do something different with them. Yeah. Oh, what an amazing group of women, you know, you and Stephanie J. Block oh and Allison yeah. Janney. Yeah. And of course, Mark Kudish, who's a friend of our podcast. Like, just what a, what a really, and like Lisa Howard yeah. and all these, oh, and, and, um, oh God. Um, and Harada. Th- thank you. That's yeah. exactly what I was looking yeah, for. Like, yeah, yeah. what a, what a great group of, how, how, how was it to be a, 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 in that cast and work with those people? It was amazing. Like, I, I made such lifelong friends on that show. You know, it was, yeah. Yeah, I I remember those days very fondly. Yeah, gone too soon, nine yeah. to five. Yeah, but we worked on it for a really long time. I think I I may be remembering this wrong, but I think from start to finish, I worked on it for over three years. Yeah, you know, from for readings and workshops and out of town tryouts and. Just quickly, we've had this conversation on this podcast before. I, I, 
wh- how is it to work on something that long and put that much like blood, sweat, and tears into it and love it and have such a great experience with it? And then for whatever reason, it doesn't last very long. It was devastating. Yeah. It was really devastating. Um, uh, to to put so much of yourself into something and then to have it received the way that well it was confusing too because the audiences were clearly having a great yeah. time and then to read all of these awful things about it it was confusing and devastating um yeah so which was which is why I the day it closed I moved back to Los Angeles <laughs> I was like I don't I can't my little heart can't take this anymore and I'm 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 bitter and I'm burnt out and I need some sunshine and yeah. some space. All right, guys, here we go. Are you ready to talk about Smash? No. <laughs> no, I, mean, no. I, I will not talk about no. it. Can I have a cookie while we're talking <laughs> yes. about Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. So it seems to me like like the audition process for Smash was really fast. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, Are you not going to have a cookie? Yeah, I don't know which one to have. Can I look? Yeah. I mean, do you have a funfetti in there? I do. Oh, I, sh- I think that's the one. I had one this morning. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll have another one. <laughs> um. <laughs> the audition for Smash was it? Was it? It was just. It was just fast. It was. I mean, things in pilot season happen really, really quickly. Your whole life can change in a couple of days. Yeah. Um. And um. Excuse me. Of course, I. No, I love it. This is this is my favorite thing ever. I'm in between shows. I'm famished. <laughs> um, so I'm eating cookies when I'm running around. It's just I'm doing this for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, audition. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost didn't audition for that, it. I was going to ask about that. Because I was terrified. I saw that um, Ivy was uh, a triple threat. Right. Uh, <laughs> I am... At most, a double... Uh, threat's a strong word. <laughs> a double talent, question mark? I don't know. Even that's kind of strong. But I, I am what they call in the, the biz a singer who moves well. Uh-huh. And even that's being generous. Um, so I saw I'm a that. podcaster who doesn't move very well. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's... Uh, yeah, I just... Um, I saw that, and I, I imagined all of the dance calls for for it, and I was like, "No thanks, I've done this before. I don't need to. I don't need to embarrass myself in front of these people. Like, n- no thank you. Yeah. Uh, this is this script is amazing, and uh, like, thank God somebody's done this, you know. And hopefully, I can be a guest star somewhere down the road <laughs> in this amazing show. Um, but I just can't take the humiliation of a dance call. So what changed? What changed? Uh, well, my. My manager said, "Go put yourself on tape out in Los Angeles, and um, and and we'll go from there. We'll deal f- with it from there." So I did it, and um, very long story short, they made it work. They like they um, they hired Josh Burgos, uh-huh. the Emmy winning choreographer, <laughs> to make it look like I knew what I was doing. Um, did do you get the sense that they saw you and they were just like, "Yes, her. She's the one." Well. I don't know. There was this uh, pilot season is a very strange time. And um, when. Okay, how do I explain this there? Because the audition process is very different. Um, Before you go in for your final, final, final callback for there's two of them, uh, the studio and then the network, Uh, the studio uh, before you test 
for them. You have to do your negotiations. You have to finalize your contract as if you are signing on for the next seven years of your life. Oh, my God. Before you've gotten the, the job. And so more than one person is doing that yes. for the same part. Yeah. Wow. In my case, I think I think there were three or four people. I think there were three or four people that were that were doing that. I'm not asking for names, but are they people that we know? I'm not saying anything. Okay, okay. Um, uh, but uh, so you have to you have to sign your contracts, and then you are not released from that contract until they release you. Oh. So you can't audition. You can't go in for anything else while they are deciding. <gasps> so you have your studio and your network to pass on you and you can't go out for anything and this is during pilot season so other things are happening did you have other not offers but other big things I did I had had other test offers and one of them was very serious and they found out about Smash and moved up their test to the day before I was supposed to fly to New York and meet with everybody have a dance call have all of that stuff oh my god and um and then Smash found out about that and and yeah it the it was shortened. That is unbelievable. Yeah. It was it was really it sounds like it's magical, but it was actually extremely stressful and I thought that I'd ended up losing both jobs mm-hmm. by the way that it was happening. Um uh and because it happened that way and I didn't have those meetings with people, it made it harder once I got to set because nobody signed off on me. You know, so it was like Okay, let's see what you got. You oh, know, like really? you know, in some cases, I don't want yeah. to make it sound yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was hostile or anything because it wasn't. But and it, it may have just felt that way on my end because I just felt like yeah, deeply insecure about it. But um, yeah, but it seems like you were often in a room full of Broadway theater people. So did you at least yes. have that to? Yeah, and I have to say, all of the incredible dancers that I worked with um, on National Pastime in the oh. um, in the pilot, like it. It's all them. It's all them throwing me around, you know. I, I just give good face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to make it make it seem like I'm actually doing something. Yeah. Like, it's Josh and those incredible, incredible dancers. Um, Smash was so, um, like, important and loved. Like, people loved it so much. When did you know that you... Because, you know, you shoot several episodes before they air, right? Mm-hmm. So did you know, like, okay, my life is really about to change? Not really. Um, no, we were just kind of in this bubble, you know, um, where we were just filming and we were just working all the time and we didn't see any of it. We didn't, we had no idea what it was going to look like or how it was going to be received or anything. We had no wow. idea. Um, I wanted to ask you just a little bit. I know you've been asked this before, so I hope you're not bored by the question. But I know that um, Bernadette Peters came on board to play oh your mom. God. Yeah. And I know that was really special for you. And I know that was very terrifying for you. And I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about what Bernadette Peters means to you and and, and why uh, and how it was to get the chance to work with her. She's everything. She's She was one of the main reasons I wanted to go into musical theater in the first place. I was obsessed with her in my teenage years. Everything, every recording she had, everything. I just thought she was so special. And um, something about her voice and her performances, you know, I'd never seen her live, but I I just, Uh you know, saw all of the recordings and listened to everything. Did you watch the VHS of Into the Woods a zillion times until it broke in your VCR? Yes, absolutely. Um, 
and I was like, I want, I want to do that. I want to, I want to, you know, and I just thought she was so unique. And I was like, I, there's nobody like her. I was, I was like, I want to be like her, not like her, but I want to be, yeah, you know, do what she does. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't want to like copy her, or right. anything, but I want right. to, I want to, I want to create things like she does. Yeah. Did you get a chance to, to like, nerdily say any of that to her when you were working with her? I kind of. I can't talk to her. I, yeah. Like, she is she is the loveliest, most, like, down-to-earth, personable, and supportive, and, like, just lovely person. But but I can't. I turn into such a goober around her. <laughs> like, I, it's, it's so strange. She must think I'm just a jerk. Um, yeah, and she's so thoughtful. She's always, like, anytime something's happening, she, she'll email me about... So, you know, she's... So you guys stay in touch-ish? Sure, yeah. I'm, I, but like I said, like, I'm such a goober. Like, I, (laughs) I, I never know what to say back to her and, you know, you know what, you know what I mean? Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she just must think I'm a terrible person. And it's just just because I don't know what to say because I'm so starstruck. I love it. Oh my God, there was one time in college, oh my God, um, where she was being honored by the Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera. And so they had like six of us from college come and sing her songs for her at this award ceremony. And I did Unexpected Song. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh, and she was so lovely she came up to all the performers before the ceremony and she was like i overheard her i was like oh my god she's coming over here oh my god oh my god oh my god (laughs) and um and she asked one of my friends what character they were playing and what uh what they were singing and i was like oh my god i don't know the character's name i don't know the character i can't i can't tell that to her so i ran i ran away from her I didn't tell her this. I should. I should have told her this. Um, yeah. The character doesn't have a name. In oh, song really? and dance. Yeah. So, um, so that's okay. <laughs> but um, um, I wanted to ask you about working with Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman uh-huh. on their just incredible music. My producer Mike, who like loved Smash as much as everybody did, was saying you guys need to spend four hours talking about um, they just keep moving the line. What? What an incredible! I mean, I rewatched the scene on YouTube before I came to do this interview and that song will you talk a little bit about that song and that scene and what's happening there yeah um the the song they wrote that song so quickly i want to say they wrote it in like 12 hours like oh my god yeah it it happened very very quickly um i think the ne- i think this is how it happened i think the network said that they needed a song for ivy to sing um you know about her situation uh you know how she just can't win blah 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 uh, and and uh, at the last minute, you know, Cat can't sing it, or not Cat, but um, yeah, you know, her character, right? Um, <laughs> uh, can't sing it, so Ivy steps in at the last minute and knocks it out of the park. Blah blah blah, and um, yeah. Uh, so the, I, they sent it to me, and um, and Mark singing it on the. Oh. Was he singing? I can't remember at this point. I'm now making things up. Um, uh. And I just kept thinking, this is ama- this is amazing. This is gonna this is the perfect audition song because it has yeah. a perfect build. You know, it's actually singable. You know, it's not too crazy. And um, uh, and I was like, I'm the luckiest person to get to to be the first to voice this, the first of many to sing this yeah. song.
Okay, so the bombshell concert. Yeah. Can you just quickly, how did that, what was the story of the bombshell concert? Like in the, in the, cause you know, it was like the tickets were sold in four seconds. Nobody, no one got to see it, but the lucky 1200 people that got tickets. What, how did they incorporate all the other people who weren't in bombshell into the show? It was kind of great. Uh, Scott Whitman directed it and he, uh, he, he like took some of, uh, Marilyn Monroe's poetry and and excerpts from things that she'd done and had like Deborah would come out and read uh quotes from Marilyn or somebody would come and bring, read her poetry and and it would go into the songs. It was a concert. It's an, it wasn't a oh. musical. It it's it was really like watching Megan and Cat playing um our two characters Ivy Lynn and um Oh my God! What was I can't character? think of her name I either. Um, oh my God! Oh, oh, the gays are going Karen. crazy now. Karen, Karen yes, yes, oh okay. God! Oh, <laughs> wow! And her hot boyfriend Dev. You're right. I can't not think of that guy. He's name. so lovely. Really? Maza. Oh my God! He's so great. Um, uh, yeah. So they were seeing us play our characters play Marilyn Monroe. You know uh-huh, what I mean? Like uh-huh. we were in our original costumes from, wow. from the show. And um, doing all of the choreography, it was just live. You know, it was uh, it was all that, all the stuff that we did on camera, we just did it live. Will you be a part of Bombshell when it comes to Broadway? I have a feeling I'm going to be too old by no. the time it's actually done. I'll play Marilyn's mother. It'll be great. <laughs> 26 is not too old. It's the perfect age. You stop. <laughs> you stop Where's that fun Fetty cookie? Um, okay, the last thing I wanted to ask you about was yeah. Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Yeah. Which you got to do, and I know it's one of your favorite shows, right? Yes. And yeah. you got to do it between seasons of Smash. Yeah. Yeah. How? And you did. You guys did that at Encores. Yeah. It's my dream show. I still am holding out, hoping that one day we'll get it together and uh. be able to do it. Because we were going to do it. It was, like, full speed ahead. It was going to go to Broadway. It was? Right afterwards. Um, we were all trying to get it together. And then I got this sitcom yes uh, short-lived sitcom out in los angeles and yeah you know, i gotta i gotta of course. go where go do that yeah um how was that experience it was amazing i loved that show by the way yeah made lifelong friends there yeah. too yeah. you know like sean was here the night that i got i when i saw the right. show and i yeah. came i was like oh my god that's sean yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um what is your favorite song from um gentlemen for for, for Wait, sorry. Yeah, what? Gentlemen Prefer Blonde. That's the show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I want to, we'll then play out on that song while I tell you a humiliating story. What? Will you tell me a humiliating Sure. Yeah, so tell us your favorite song from that show. Well, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Okay, Ugh. perfect. And you guys recorded it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we have a great um, uh, recording. They, they were so nice to let us do that. Um, so yeah. they're hearing it right now, and I'm going to tell you a humiliating story. So about... A year ago, my husband and I were walking up Ninth Avenue, and we were just starting to take the podcast really seriously. And we like were putting together our list of like dream guests, and of course, we were talking about you. I was like, Megan, I mean, my God, if we could ever get Megan Hilty one day, that was just so interesting. She's so wonderful. I hear she makes a great espresso. (laughs) So literally, we're talking about you, and I look up, and you're walking towards us. And we had interviewed Eden, and Eden's like, you gotta get, you gotta get Megan, she'd love to, I'm like, I can't, how do I, I don't know, and I'm like, like every New Yorker, I'm like, I don't talk, to, I'm not, I don't bother famous people, I'm not gonna bother her, she's, you were walking with your husband, and you look fabulous, you were going somewhere, 
And I, as you were walking towards us, I just went, God, this is so embarrassing. I went, I was with my husband and like a couple of our friends and I went, Miss Hilty. And I clapped and you, and like, I literally was like, when I thought about it for four seconds, a minute later, I was like, what was she supposed to do? Like, stop and take a bow. You And you literally, you went, hi. <laughs> you kept going like you did exactly what you were supposed to do. My husband has never, ever let me live it down. So anytime I do anything stupid at home, he literally goes, Miss Hilty, and claps. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Healthy, you're a dream. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being on our oh, podcast. Thank you. Thanks uh, for having me. And thanks for the espresso, girl. That was yeah, delicious. Uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, see you around. See you on Ninth Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> hey, theater people. Just a reminder that the tickets to our live summer series featuring Leslie Margarita, Lindsay Mendez, and Laura Osnes are now on sale at our website, www.theaterpeople.com. That's theater with an E-R-P-P-L dot com. I wanted to tell you about a brand new podcast from my good friend Matt Tamanini of BroadwayWorld.com and his friend Jennifer McHugh. Some Like It Pop is Broadway World's pop culture podcast hosted by TV and film critics Matt and Jennifer. The pair discusses and often argues about all things pop culture, from television to movies to Broadway to everything in between. You can subscribe to Some Like It Pop on iTunes and Stitcher, and you really should. We love Matt and Jennifer. Theater People is produced by Mike Jensen and me, Patrick Hines. Mike edited this episode. Special thanks, as always, to Steve Tipton, Bradley Behan, our webmaster, Keith Allen Herzog, Eric Emsch, Ellen Marsh, and the staff at Oswalds. A big special thanks this week to my pal, Mo Brady, who has asked me to remind you that he is not just handsome, he is also smart. He took honors classes. Follow him on Twitter at Mo underscore Brady. And check out his podcast, The Ensemblist. You can find them online at TheEnsemblist.com, and you can follow them on Twitter at The Ensemblist. We'll be back in two weeks with the delightful Sierra Bogus. Until then, tell your friends about us. Let's get the theater community talking. Best friend.